Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Achievers, welcome to the Next Level Author Podcast episode seventeen. Yes, seventeen. <laughs> A podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author businesses. My name's Sasha Black, and here with me every week is Daniel Wilcox. We sort of so made it, it through that. Yeah, I was just thinking, as you're reading off that intro, just a, a thought popped into my head. We're going to have to do like a one-year show in which we actually go through and track our progress and <gasps> announce how, how, how this has gone. Because yeah. this is essentially an experiment, but it'll be good to actually put into, a, into real context of what we've done with this podcast. Yeah, that's a really good idea. We'll have to, maybe we can do it in person too yeah. and like do an annual review. And um, yeah, because uh, we actually recorded the next level that we wanted anyway at the mm. start yes. um yeah i love that that's such a good idea there you go i'm in i'm in um okay so how has your week been um long <laughs> no it's been it's been good i uh i you know we, we've spoken off um podcast quite a lot because i am absolutely exhausted i've gotten to the point where i have burned myself to the bone mm. and i've got like a couple more days of, of pushing through a lot of the work i did because just, just for context for anyone that is new to the podcast or anyone that hasn't sort of followed that side of it, I, I've got my client work, I ghostwrite for people, um, and I've also challenged myself to essentially write a 70,000 word novel in what is six weeks, which is my own book. Um, and I'm happy to say that I've done it, but I am at the point where I think I know what my limits are. And <laughs> I definitely, one thing that I've been shit at um, pretty much all through my author career is baking in rest time and uh, accounting for when things might go wrong, so putting in that sort of breathing room. So um, yeah, this week has been it's been very very tough for me in terms of finishing things, but I have finished the things, and I'm just looking forward to getting to a point where I can ease back off the throttle, which will be some point next week. So yeah, and I am yeah. definitely going to ask you about rest at some point. Not today though, because like that would be far too you know obvious. Yeah, thing is, I I know the. I know the the science of rest and I understand all that. I just don't give it to myself. Like, yeah. Me, me yeah, we can save that for that, that conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are you? How's your week? My week has been excellent. Um, I have made progress on all kinds of things. And um, yeah, so I'm really happy. The audio booth is coming along. It's almost as done as it can be before I order the paneling, like the acoustic paneling, which I'll be ordering at the end of the month. Um, and I have been working my ass off on tray, trying to get that. Um, um, so I'll go into more detail at another time, but basically I, um, I'm like 50% through now, which is phenomenal because I really thought this was a book I wasn't going to be able to finish. So yeah. And then, and then I I am so pleased. I am so pleased. And then I've also been working on the prose course, which (laughs) I'm a little bit stressed about because (laughs) I realized just quite how much there is left still to do. And it's supposed to launch on the 3rd of September. And it's a bit of an, um, you can't, it's one of the, it's, it's a, it's a red line. Can't really move the date. So, um, for reasons I'll explain another time. So yeah, I, I, yeah. Some long days. Yeah. Some long days ahead, I think. Mm. Um, our cool thing of the week, the thing that we've been enjoy- enjoying. What have you been enjoying this week? Oh, I'm always unprepared for these. I know, uh, me too. I don't know why we talk for ourselves like this. Shall, shall I you, Shall I go? You go, yeah, you go. Okay. Um, so the thing, so the thing that I've been enjoying is a very old, like it's not new. Um, I found white collar. I don't know if you've heard of white okay, collar. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so basically, this guy is like a genius and, and a convict, and he's then 
he basically gets himself released from prison, but uh, he has to work with the FBI as like a consultant. And it's not something that I would normally watch, but I saw it and thought it sounded interesting uh, for my wife because she loves anything that's like crime drama and stuff like that. And she's loving it. And therefore I'm loving it because she's happy. Um, I know. Oh, shut up. Um, Rebel author. I know, I'm dead <laughs> on the inside, I swear. Um, yeah, so I, I would say that's probably the thing that I've been enjoying. And the other thing I've been enjoying is a total guilty pleasure read, and I'm, and I'm going to say this as well, which is um, Daughter of Smoke and Bone by Lainey Taylor. Okay, um, And nice so she, she wrote um, Strange the Dreamer, but this is um, her first trilogy her first series and my friend uh, my critique partner has been raving about the book she literally binged all three books in like a week I don't wow. I don't I have gaps between series books but um <clears throat> she binged them all and was like you have to and she's been saying for like nearly a year you've got to read it you've got to read it I'm so glad I started reading it because I was literally like like one o'clock in the morning and I haven't felt nice. like that over a book in ages but yeah oh, it's such but, a good feeling when you actually find a book that does that to you because particularly as a writer obviously it helps you go what what is it about this book but sometimes it's just nice to be swept away mm. I am um, I know that I said to you that the last few weeks I've been quite uninspired with the books that I've been reading mm. um and I've just recently got Brian Keane um Dark Hollow and it's one, there's sometimes a certain type of book, you open those first few pages and you're just like, yeah, this is going to be a good book, particularly like the writing style and everything. And it's a first person horror, big novel, which you don't, I don't see that much of. Um, but I really like the first person style when it's done well. Mm, and I like first so person. far, yeah, yeah, so far he's doing a fantastic job. Um, yeah. Here's a question that's not the question of the week. Um, has your reading changed since you became a professional writer? I'd argue it has um more so in just being a lot more analytical and aware of what I'm reading so if there are a couple of pages that I read through quickly and then you know I'm not aware that I'm reading them it's mm. one of two things number one my brain has gone off somewhere else in which case I'm like why <laughs> or the other case because it's fantastic writing so I actually then hone in and try and capture mm. what it was that, that's caught me so yeah more analytic um I think that's probably the only change. Like, I think we've spoken before, I'm a bit more deliberate with the types of books that I read while I'm writing particular books. Mm. Because say I'm writing like quite a dark horror and then I switch to a light fantasy, that impacts how I write because a lot of my writing is through osmosis in a way. Mm. So yeah, apart from that. So you try I... to read what you're writing as you read? Yeah, pretty much. When, yeah, um, yeah. when I first started, I was very, very close to particular books. And I was like, before I'd start any writing session, I'd read at least five pages of a book that was similar to the style I was trying to achieve. Mm, that's interesting wow all the questions i could ask you yeah um okay weekly confessional um did my thing my thing was to finish when winter comes episode three which i wrapped up i wrapped up the writing on i want to say sunday and got all the editing done by most of it by wednesday finish it just the last bits up on thursday morning and then it went to the pre-order today well what is a day is it friday it's friday it must be friday we're talking therefore it's friday yeah yeah um so it went to the pre-order today so that was that was my thing i um managed to wrap it up it's now in the hands of um my arc review team all getting ready to go live on wednesday amazing well done it was hard <laughs> yeah i i also because the amount you're having to edit in such a short space of time i'm impressed i'm not gonna lie i am impressed i don't know how you do it to be honest with you well we'll see what the reviews say yes <laughs> most yeah. of it was edited during our poison and process yeah. on, uh, on wednesday so the last five or six chapters i was definitely drunk while i edited which i don't feel good about but fuck it <laughs> Um, okay, so I had to work on Trey, which I have done, and I've already told you, I'm now over 50% of the way through, which yeah. is amazing. Also, can I also just add that I've done that in a week. Like, mm -hmm. I've literally gone from, okay, I know how to fix this book to, okay, this book is 50% done. Um, that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. For, for like the slowest, so, okay, so for context... This book was 75k last week. It's not like I'm drafting 50% of a book in a week. I'm not Daniel Wilcox. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I cannot explain the level of hacking. The, uh, it's, it, is, it is 
almost unrecognizable. Everything's in different orders. There's different sub, I, you know, removed 12K from the book. I've, I've hacked, you know, it, I think it was nearly 40 chapters. It's now 31 chapters. Um, wow. Yeah, and it's, it's split. It was always split pod, but now it's like Eden Tray, Eden Tray, Eden Tray. So like the whole structure of the book has changed. And then I've got, you know, like, bits of chapters that were at the end that are now at the beginning and vice versa and it's just yeah it is it is and that is that when it comes to that kind of reconstructing there's such a mental um drain in that which clearly i'm suffering just from thinking about it because i can't think of fucking words like you must be the you know like well done well done like no, but genuine that is i do find that when it comes down to actually looking at the, the the macro and just trying to piece all the pieces together sometimes for me that is it's such heavy lifting that mm -hmm. i'm very resistant to that kind of work because i like just to get mucky and get my fingers on the keyboard but mm -hmm. actually shifting everything around so yeah fantastic well done Thank you. Um, and then the other one was to work on the prose course, which I have been doing. I've recorded um, part of the bonus module. I've recruited some people to help with some extra bonus modules that are coming. And I've now um, more or less decided the things that um, I want to add as extras. And I've started some of the resources as well. So I haven't necessarily done all the slide decks, which is what I thought I was going to do this week. Um, but I've done peripheral things and uh, really started to, you know, sometimes like when you're writing a book, you need to do thinking work. I've done a lot of thinking work for the course. Mm. Um, and we, I don't think we ever really credit ourselves for that. But um, I think it's been really important to give me a sense of direction. Like before we came on here, I said to you all like, I need to do this, this, and this, and this. And I don't think two or three days ago, I could have told you that I need to do, needed to do all of those things. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, yeah. Well done. Um, yeah. Thanks. Anything else on the personal updates? Um, oh, for you launch. Yeah. So launch is coming up next week on Wednesday, 29th. And that'll be three episodes of this book in, uh, four weeks. Um, I also have a bunch of animal. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I also have a bunch of changes coming to the Great Writer Share podcast, which I keep teasing um, in the intros to that. And I am keeping under wraps at the minute, but um, it's quite a significant help for me. Um, and it won't affect how the actual podcast itself works, but I just think that it will definitely add extra value and make it a lot more um, strong in terms of in terms of what the podcast delivers so yeah lots of that going on behind the scenes um and i think that's probably it from me to be honest so i i need to make a recommendation for you okay. not to wear that top whilst you have your curtains closed it looks like <laughs> yeah, it looks yeah like i thought <laughs> <laughs> so for people so, for people yeah. that aren't on youtube essentially my <laughs> curtains behind me they're layered in terms of like burgundy brown and like darker brown and the top i'm wearing is like a deep burgundy that blends in with that perfect layer of the burgundy so essentially just a head floating against a white boy head floating above, yeah. above your shoulders <laughs> <laughs> oh um okay i think i think that's probably it apart from to say for listeners uh to get excited because we are going to do an in-person uh yeah. very soon so we it's the 24th of july today and we are meeting up on the 4th of august now i, I am gonna have to open the calendar because i am not um <laughs> with dates okay so this will go live on tuesday the 28th oh no okay so it's still two two episodes away so it'll be in three episodes time you will get mm -hmm. an in-person uh podcast which is quite exciting that's so exciting that's so cool. I yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I no am pressure. too. I am too. I am too. I, I feel pressure <laughs> though. I'm yeah, like what if we hate each other? This is the end of next level authors. Um, yeah, it could be. It yeah. could be. We have to we have to be open to that possibility. We have to say right, right now, like sorry folks, it could happen. <laughs> it should have stayed. <laughs> Maybe Corona was for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right, let's get on with it. Question of the week. So um I want as comprehensive of an answer as Before you can you jump give in, me. Oh. Are we doing last week's comments? Oh shite! Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just quickly. Uh, so last week's question was: When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? Um, and as usual, we had we had a load of responses last last week. So I think uh, that question must have struck quite a chord. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? 
no thank you everyone for answering yeah, and also fuck you all for always answering dan's question and not mine <laughs> <laughs> I am joking. I love you all, really. But also, I can't. I, I can't say I picked up on it. Well, well I'll have a look in the group and we'll see after, and then we'll, we'll, we'll point fingers at people. Also, I am joking. <laughs> I am joking. I am joking. I know. So Ritu says, "I read when I feel less than balanced." Yep, yeah, I think reading um, was definitely a common thread through it all. Uh, Amy says, "I read outside if possible. Take the dogs for a walk or weed the gardens. Something where I can be in contact with the ground to rebalance." Um, and I, I think I put as a, a comment on one of them, I sometimes really highly underestimate how powerful it can be just because I, I, the back of my house borders on woods. So sometimes I walk in the woods and if you go without like headphones or anything else, just for mm -hmm. half an hour, it, it really does clear your head. Um, Yanni says, when I'm in a funk of zero progress, I drag myself outside and go for a walk to blow away the cobwebs. So another walk there. Carrie, I play Sims or read. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if it's really bad, I know I need to get out. So I'll go for a drive. If my husband is at work, I'll bring along my kidlet. When he's home, I get my introvert time. Michael, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I also like to make lists, which I think that was another common thread. Lists seem to be quite powerful just to give people some constructive, here are the things that I need to do. Also um, though, when they're handwritten lists, I swear to you, it's what I was talking about last time, which mm -hmm. is the distributed cognition. It, I, I honestly yeah. believe it's the, the, the action of taking, and that's why people journal, because they take the information out of their brain physically through the physical action of writing. But anyway, yeah. I'm not going to... Yeah, no, there's it. loads of loads of research into that. Yeah. Um, usually when I see all the different tasks, waiting and writing, it doesn't seem like quite as much, especially if I can knock that one or two of the easier ones right off the bat. Sorry if I'm struggling to read, I am very tired. <laughs> Edwin says, the best solution for overwhelm I have found is to seek out a change of scenery, preferably to a location where I can get out and take a long walk. So yeah, lots of basically just getting away from the actual work and going out and just clearing your head a bit. I think that's invaluable. Sometimes it's easier said than done though. I think um, I've either said it before on here or just to you, like you get zoned in on the screen and everything goes blurry and you're like, I need to do something. I need to do something. So actually taking that action, that step to walk away can be quite difficult, but it, it pays dividends in the long run. Um, yeah, we are both then, shite at that, walking away from the work. We are yeah. terrible, terrible. Yeah, and then uh, just a quick shout out to Jeff, Harley, Ida, Caitlin, Holly, and Maddie for your comments. Um, but I think they're all pretty much along the same sort of string, so don't want to beat on that point. But thank you, everyone, for leaving a comment. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I'll go back to what I was saying, which was... Oh, you're um, so rudely interrupted. <laughs> yeah, I have a wonderful listeners. I need to get some... I, I don't have a drink. Normally I have a drink with me, so I'm struggling. Sorry for the um, throat clearing. Also, I'm very jealous that you keep drinking in front of me, you take, bastard. Take pause. Go grab one. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, right, so I want as comprehensive of an answer to this question as humanly possible okay and so take me from the beginning through to the end okay is that the question no. so uh, no. 1991 <laughs> it was uh, it was March. oh my god you were born in 91 oh my god i'm I so know. fucking old you are, why are you so young you're such a child why are you so young i feel so old you were born in the 90s yeah oh that's, That's it. why I can I, wear a backwards cap and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> when you, so you're not you're 30 next year? Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. we're gonna abuse your liver. <laughs> <laughs> I I look forward to it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Right. Um now I'm finished weeping over my age. Um, how do you write? That's the question, darling. How do I write? as comprehensive of an answer as possible. Right, okay. How do I write? Wow, for a thing that you do all day, every day, I did not expect you to be this stumped. Well, the thing is, there are, there are so many different facets of it that you can, you can take away. And as mentioned, I am quite tired. So this is, this is a brutal question to attack me with right now. Um, how do I write? So I... I can either look at this, you know, practically in terms of some of the, the, the items that I use to help me write, um, in terms of how I can put, put words to the page and whatnot. So, ah, uh, how, how best get this? I'll go first in like probably the most holistic way possible. I write by a lot of it. So I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a plotter. I'm, so on the, the plotter panther scale, if you say that panting is zero and plotting is 10, I probably comfortably sit around 
maybe the, th the three or the four. So when it comes to actually writing my story, I have to have whatever that higher concept is. I have to know what the main um, looming threat is. Obviously, I write horror, so it's a lot of dark stuff. Um, so I need to know what the, the main threat is that's going to affect the characters, what that main draw is that's going to pull people through. It has to be something that interests me. Um, has to be something that is plugged from a curiosity that I have for, for whatever reason. So in my latest book, the situation is an isolated town, Alaskan town, um, on the furthest reaches of, of sort of the northern part of America, gets completely bombarded and just attacked by this blizzard. And I love situations like that because for me, I'm so far removed in my sort of comfy little house from places like that, that it allows my imagination to stretch and actually play with the things and try and understand what it would be like if I was there. Mm -hmm. And obviously with a situation like that, I can then jump into research. I can look at, um, you know, films that have done such a thing, like true life stories of survival, how, how other cultures live. Um, there's a lot in there about Inuit culture, Inuit folklore. There's some sort of magic elements in there as well. If you sort of look at the, 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 the higher concept, but it has to be something that interests me. And what I have found particularly recently is um, I did at the beginning of this year, I was going to, and I can't remember if um, I mentioned this at all, but at one point I was going to collaborate uh, with quite a, a, quite a very big name urban fantasy author on a series that was going to be set in Lincoln, which is where I live. Um, and it got to a point where I was probably about 20, 20, 25,000 words into that draft. And it just wasn't connecting because I don't know what it is, but I hate writing about places I'm familiar with. Um, I really do. I think, my, my biggest fear in those situations is I'm going to get so bogged down in trying to describe things to perfect detail that I'm just going to get stuck. And that's exactly what happened. I was actually writing a story that was based around the university where I attended for three years, where I worked for you know longer than that afterwards. And I got so bogged down in the specifics of like the angles of the staircase and where the buildings sit next to each other and sort of like the size of the lakes and whatnot. And um, when when I actually am writing, I like to just let my mind play and a lot of the times a lot of the actual main details that come into the books into the stories into the characters are just things that come off the cuff so I will have I mean I'll have an idea of who that character is I'll have an idea of what I want their motivations to be but when it comes to the intricacies that make up their personality a lot of that will just be within the story I just there seems to be a, an organic component of what feels natural to apply to that person in that scene um, to what will actually be relevant to the story. So it's not just like a, a Chekhov's gun that doesn't get shot. Um, mm. And yeah, so a lot of my writing is a case of playing with the idea, having having a very, very faint guideline um, and then just smashing the keyboard as, as the story comes across. And one of the things that I have found most powerful over the last uh, few years is learning not to be too critical of my first drafts and just giving myself permission to write shit. And in a lot of cases, that's how I get my first draft done very, very quickly. And then when it comes to the editing, I actually do find that, um, so I've got two points that I was about to try and jump on both at once, <laughs> which is impossible to do. So when I get to the end of my draft, know. yeah, I know, because I've <laughs> written fast, there's an element of, because I followed the characters in a story that you know my subconscious i guess um knew was right at the time there are obviously things to tweak but the stories come out relatively clean there are a bit there are chunks obviously to move around and you know certain bits to play with certain characters and to enhance some of the story but i also find that because i think i mentioned this in the imposter syndrome episode um before because my target audience is me i know the types of books that i i really enjoy reading i know the books that I'm writing, I want them to be like that. And because I assume that, you know, these mass market paperbacks that I've been reading, um, other people enjoy as well. I, uh, I I get to a point where if I'm trying to write that kind of story because it entertains me, as long as I'm enjoying the story, mm. that's that's what matters to me. So um, yeah, just, I, I do try and write quickly when I can. I, I struggle if I have to take a break between working on a project because you just lose a lot of that flow is obviously like you found with Trey it's like I found the projects that I'm working on at the minute um so if I can just get my if I can get my hands just dirty straight away just drive into it um I try not to spend too long planning um when winter comes was probably the most planned book that I've done in a while just because I really wanted to nail 
the creatures that I've got in the book, the, the sort of Inuit folklore side of things. I really wanted to get that down and, and get the whole atmosphere ready. Um, but I think because when I first started writing, I spent ages in research trying to like write this fantasy book that I'd get about 5,000 words in and then put aside. I realized that there is that element of, um, oh, I forget what the word is, but uh, where, where basically it gets to a point where it's just not effective anymore and you're just doing it to procrastinate. So mm-hmm. for me, just getting the actual words on the paper, getting the beating heart of the story alive um, is kind of my all of my focus. And, you know, that has its pros and cons in, in certain ways, but that's, I, I think that sums up how I write in, so in I a have, way. I have one further question. Um, to just probe slightly deeper so like obviously you said that you edit Mm -hmm. and that you do just fast get it down on the paper first draft so what we all have strengths as authors right so some people might be good at description some people might be good at emotion some people might be good at body language some people might be good at dialogue whatever some people are good at four of those or three of them or whatever Read the anatomy approach to find out more. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in the first draft and what do you have to edit? Like, so what, what, what is, you know, yeah, what is good at, about your first draft and what, what then do you have to go back and correct or put in or edit out or okay. that kind of stuff? So my first draft, I think the bulk of the, I guess if you want to call it a sort of linear plot line, um, is in shape. It is where it needs to be most of my edits come back to dialogue and trying to create connection with the characters a bit more because oftentimes when you do write fast, those exchanges can come out a bit clunky um, and they might not get the emotional resonance that you want to portray to your readers. So a lot of it is going back and particularly looking at, uh, at that dialogue. Um, I, I'm a placeholder writer. Um, so if I get to a position in which I forget a character's name, I forget a location, I forget something, you know, fundamental because it's 50 pages back, but I've just forgotten it. I'm that person that does like open bracket, XX, close bracket, and I'll go back and I'll fix those bits and make sure they all link together. Um, I think particularly the thing that I enjoy doing the most in, in edits is not, not purple prosing, but I think you'll, you'll get what I mean by that in terms of mm. really sort of funking up that language, because when you are, writing that first draft because you're trying to get that story out you don't necessarily use the sort of the most poetic words and the better turns of phrase that kind of thing um sometimes when you're describing things it's a little bit um woolly and just not that interesting so um i i do spend a fair bit of time just making sure that the language is at a standard that i'm happy with and just adding those extra bits because i think for me that's that's the part that i really enjoy is when you can come out with really nice linguistic phrases they capture what you're trying to do um that are unique as well because again first drafts that i find uh, this might not be for everyone um i find that i'll use a lot of a lot of cliches in terms of um just sort of like idioms and, and colloquialisms and stuff so i i do spend a lot of time trying to shift those around um and make them a bit more unique a bit more edgy and, and more in my voice um and then also trying to erase things like the I know that you're a big proponent of this like the filter phrases and the filter words and getting rid of all that stuff so it's just clean it's just nice prose um but yeah I, I'd say that in that first draft it's it's the story it's the skeleton and then everything else after that is just printing it up and tightening it into something a bit more pretty love it <clears throat> does that Excuse answer me. that it does and in yeah. terms of how I write I use this uh keyboard which is a <laughs> JOSS JK3FR because yeah, my keyboard funny. on my Mac is fucked <laughs> it's because you I'm not even the joking. keys so hard that's why oh, yeah, no, like, yeah you just abuse the keys like like yeah i will i will add that i bought slapping i them. bought a <laughs> i bought a macbook air the, the, the new one at the end of 2018 and i've had the keyboard replaced three times because you my an d-s-a-t air. and space bar keeps sticking why would you yeah, buy an, an air because i wanted something lightweight that i could just take around with me i know but you're you're like you abuse your keyboards like buy a pro next time like what were you thinking anyway it's also a lot cheaper yeah that's yeah that is true but yeah yeah no i can't deny that they are a lot cheaper yeah how do you write sasha yeah wow so this question was completely selfish i will admit that um and it's because i've been having so many revelations this week i love it 
So I have for the longest time been very upset that I couldn't articulate what my process was. And it really bothered me because I like efficiency. I like systems. I like processes. They're logical. They, they, they help you deliver. And um, it really fucking irritated me that I could not identify a fiction process. I could always tell you what my nonfiction process was. Um, and this past week of working on Trey has given me so many epiphanies I cannot even begin to tell you. And the strange thing is, and I'm so mad at myself for this, my fiction process is almost fucking identical to my nonfiction process. Interesting. It's just the most <laughs> irritating revelation ever because I spent so long <laughs> saying, oh yeah, I write like really differently from my fiction to my nonfiction. <laughs> Shut up, woman. No, you don't. You write identically, god damn it. Um, and yeah, okay, so let me stop waffling and... Um, talking bollocks and actually get down to the to the to the nitty-gritty yes so i have okay so the very first part of me writing is a process of input so if it's non-fiction i will consume educational content whether it's um uh, craft books podcasts whether it's videos whatever i will consume information for my fiction books, I do the same, but differently. So I visit lots of museums. I travel an awful lot. I will read books in the genre. I will go and do strange things like visiting abandoned underground stations and having tours or, um, I don't know, researching, um, like for example, for The Scent of Death, I've been listening to books about uh, people who work in crematoriums and nice. like weird things like this. And I'll buy coffee table books that have, um, oh, yeah, like, so I have books on uh, people who, who have really vast collections of items relating to death. So they might have things in conical books. And I'm very visual. So I really like the coffee table books. And I get a, like the Atlas Obscura is another one. I love the Atlas Obscura. Anyway, so it's this process of input. And eventually I get to the point where I'm saturated and it's time to start outputting. So for my um, nonfiction, I will be collecting all the time quotes and bits of information and I'll be putting them into whatever structure I can possibly create and for the for the fiction I will post it outline I've mentioned a number of times I like to handwrite my outlines I have always put them on post-its because I move them around a lot and um, I think I'm finally getting to the point where I know what information I need before I start. Now, you said if there was a scale of naught to 10, not being panther, mm. 10 being plotter, you were a three or four. I'm yeah, yeah. probably a six and a half. So I'm the same as you, but the other end. I'm probably like, <laughs> I don't think I'm quite a seven, but I'm maybe, I'm somewhere between six and seven. Mm. So I don't have reams and reams of outline. My, my outlines are more or less on post-its, um, but there are key things that I need to know. And I think not having known what those key things were up until late has caused a problem for me. So now, and I'm going to tell you the things that I need to know. Um, where are they? So I'm really big on theme and having a identifiable sentence, word or concept that I can identify as my theme. Um, the lie the character believes, the choice they have to make, their goal, inner or, or external, hopefully both usually, their flaw, their strength, their wound, what the end of the book is. Yes. <laughs> I do not know what the beginning of my books until I'm about 75% of the way through. So oh, I will, wow. okay. yeah, I know. And th so this is part of my, this is part of my revelation. Okay. So um, I then do plot against a story structure. So, you know, things like inciting incidents, um, plot twist, you know, all of that, all of that stuff, that good stuff. Um, but no matter how I, 
So my realization is that I have, I get to a point where I have to stop and then I need to start writing and I might not necessarily have every point clear before I start writing, which is why I say I'm not a proper plotter because I just plot everything that I can plot and then I allow myself to go. Um, and um, it's, it's really, it's a physical feeling now that I know when I'm, I'm at, so I'm, I know I'm at the point with the scent of death that I have to just go. I, I haven't got all of the story up sorted, but I know I'm, I've got enough to go. And I will then write. And my problem is developmental editing has ruined my ability to draft. <laughs> which is why I got to stop developmental editing and this so I was interviewed by Jeff and Will from the Big Gay Author and Big Gay Fiction podcast and part of my revelation happened on their podcast where I realized how detrimental developmental editing had been to my writing because it had been forcing not forcing me but I had gotten into a mindset where I had to edit as I go and I can't do that. I am very definitely a vomiter and I need to vomit. Uh, um, and therefore I will be doing that going forward. And what happens is I will get about 30,000 to 50,000 words through a 70 to 80K book and I will stop and I'll hit a just a, a massive wall. And it's because I don't know the beginning of my book. And then what happens, and so for clarity, um, I, I don't write in order, but by the time I get to 30 to 50K, I usually have very long chunks that are together at this point. So I will sequence it. It will all, this is how my brain works. Anyway, I know, I know you're like shaking your head, like, oh my God, how can you do this? But anyway, this is, but like, and this is the thing I've been really thinking about how I have written the other books. Cause I have been, even though I haven't published fiction for two years, I have been writing other stuff in the background. And I'm like, what are the things that I do that get me to the end of the book? Anyway, so I get to like between 30 and 50K and I hit a wall and it's, and it's every single time. Because I was talking to my critique partner who's seen me through every book and she's like, you always do this. How can you not know what your process is? And it's because <laughs> I don't know the beginning. So then I have to work out the beginning and then I go back and go through chronologically through the book. And that's how I then get to the end. It is, it is bizarre, but that is, that is how I write every single book has been written. They've, every single, the, by the time I get to the end, cause every single book has been written differently, but the same elements to get me mm -hmm. to the end are the elements that I'm talking about now. Um, so yeah. And then, and then in terms of editing, so I am really big on story structure, which I think is why I usually get stuck because I don't know the beginning and I have to then thread things back through. So at that point I tend to re-outline or I outline enough to then go. And you, and sometimes it's the end of the book. Sometimes it's the beginning that I'm restructuring. Um, and yeah, so I'm just trying to think what my point was. Um, well, anyway, so then, oh yes, that was it. So I'm big in the first draft on pace. Mm -hmm um story structure and um plot so any plot twists any foreshadowing that kind of stuff goes in the first draft the second draft is the prose the emotion there's virtually no emotion mm. in my my um first draft uh so the prose the emotion and um like the body movements and you know the stuff that happens between dialogue that kind of stuff you like i may write a whole scene that's more or less just dialogue and i'm like oh wait yeah <laughs> nobody knows where anybody is you know all that kind of stuff so that all goes in in the edit but i tend to do only two drafts so i will do the first draft and then i will do the edit and then it goes to my critique partner and then when it comes back, I will then do an edit and send, you know, any edits that she has said, and then I'll send it off to the editor and then it's done. So yeah, this has been like, I, I'm sure that's not very interesting to anybody listening, but it's fascinating. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Genuinely. Like I think probably more so because, uh, I, I've always felt like I've not, I don't, I don't feel like I have a solid process that I could say to someone, here's what I do. Um, you just because told me what you did. I, I know, but well, until this conversation, I don't think I could ever have, have put it into words because the when winter comes has probably been the first. Well, it's the first big work that I've done myself with like no co-writers, none of that. Like I've written novellas by myself. I think they're slightly different in terms of how I approach them. But like an actual big work like this, I've not I've not put it into words. I still think there is there are a lot of things I could refine because 
I, I do write fast, but I know one of the things that I've said to you before is I want to get into a position where I don't have to, mm. um, because I'd like to take more time, particularly when you were saying about uh, that input side, that research and all that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that I, I do and get the basic elements of. And then in editing, I clarify anything that might be that might need bolstering. Um, but I'd love to have a bit more time in that beginning. But I find I found one of the um, interesting things about what you said was in the first draft that you you try and get the pace. For me, mm. pace comes in that second draft because when I'm writing that first draft, it's like I have no gauge really of like the, the timing between different things. Whereas when I'm going through it afterwards, I've read it through. I now know where the lulls are. I now know where it's a bit too fast. It's only once I've actually got that first draft, I can then tweak and, and work out what the pace is. That's so interesting. So, um, and it's really, in so it's something that's completely innate. I, I can't, it's just something I do naturally and it is my skill. It's no, no, because <laughs> the, no, but, so the, this is the interesting thing. So my critique partner doesn't do pace very well, but her ability to put emotion on the page is fucking phenomenal it like she gives me goosebumps reading her first like raw drafts but her pacing is all over the place whereas she will read mine and it will be like like trying to get through it and then she's like wait what you know somebody just died and she felt nothing i'm like oh yeah like she's so dead on the inside like i need to like put some emotion in it you know yeah. so like that and it's just something so i don't know like for me um you know pacing just happens because naturally I for me pace is a bit like you know you have to make sure there's a um a bit like uh, Jay Thorne and Zach's choice consequence you know action in Conflict, each scene yeah. you know having a hook and a question unanswered like I've always ended chapters very well and kept tight pacing because each I don't know each, for me each I it's just something I can do I you know there are other things that I don't do very well in in first drafts but that's just one that I do do I think similarly to your, your pacing thing, I think my sort of choice conflict, the, the three C's, I think mine is quite innate when I do that because when I come to those scenes, they normally are quite rounded in terms of their arcs and it will That's normally I mean. be, yeah, sort of like positive to negative, negative, like whatever the, the, the story grid um, teaches. I kind of follow quite a lot of that anyway because I know the changes that I want to see. Mm. Um, one thing that I know we've also sort of uh, spoken about offline as well. I cannot, I cannot understand non-linearity in drafting. Like I, <laughs> like I fully appreciate that people can. I've got a friend who, literally, she'll just write whichever scene she fancies doing at the time, and then knits them together. And I just don't, don't get it because I. So, flipping your your process around to to how I do mine, I am so excited about my first scene my I know what my beginning is like I've got the story I know roughly how it's going to end I know what like what it's going to lead to but I know that if I draft right up until that point by the time I get there it's all going to fucking change anyway but I know what that key uh, resolution is going to be but this, the first scene for when winter comes I've had ready since I fucking planned this book or like since I first concocted this book it, it was it was because of that first scene that I went this is the story I want to tell and similarly with like the rot similarly with mark of the dam similarly with sense of smoke the first scene is always like my anchor point that gets me excited and gets me ready to go yeah. and i know a lot of people love writing the ending and some people write the end and then work backwards but for, for me i just that first scene is the one that i really like put everything into and i'm like right let's let's get going i'm like that with the ending <sighs> yeah i know oh, i'm sorry i'm, I'm so confused like, right I, now I, I <laughs> Like, that's the thing. Um, like, for me, the ending is so critical. I almost always write it first. And, like, it will it will evolve and tweak. But, like, mm. I almost always know the last line of my book before I start. I almost never know the first line of my book. And I that think it's... That makes you feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really weird to say, but I, I generally, what? like, feel a bit nauseous right now, the idea of that. Because I'm like, all of my work that I do in writing a story is to surprise myself and get myself to the point where I'm like, like really powerful at the end whereas if i feel like i write that first like what's the point in writing the book <laughs> i don't know how they get there i know that's where they're going i couldn't have i couldn't fucking tell you how they get there but i know that that's where they're going yeah okay like and for me the beginning is so critical like it's so crucial that like it's the problem you know how they say you should never go with your first idea 
Yes. That's how I feel about the beginning of every book. And gotcha. every, so I always, I always have a beginning. So I have a beginning for The Scent of Death and it was the very first scene I wrote. I, I can almost guarantee you, even though it's a fucking brilliant line, it won't be the first <laughs> line of the book because I'll think of something better and I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll have like a better, I always come up with a be- better beginning. Like I don't think I've ever had a, a book I haven't. I haven't. I've never had a book where the beginning I thought I, that I wrote that I thought I was starting with has ended up as the beginning of the book. The, shall I tell you where the beginning chapter is? I'm going to open it and tell okay. you. The okay. beginning chapter in Trey, and sorry for everybody listening to clicks right now. Yeah. And whatever that was. Is everything all right? Me. That was my son. And literally the light, the ceiling light is now still shaking. Jesus. <sighs> Right, hang on, bear with me. Okay, chapter one. So the book is 31 chapters. The chapter that I thought was the beginning is chapter 21. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 21 out of 31. I feel like what's going on in my head now is the first time I saw someone solve a Rubik's Cube. (laughs) Literally like, how? (laughs) Right, okay. So, yeah, all right, how? <laughs> like, have you just added more timeline-wise before that? Yeah, so I restructured the timelines. And, okay. Um, yeah, so, like, how do I describe this? So, basically, I was going to have three timelines in the book, and I cut one of the timelines completely. And... Um, I was going to start later. Gotcha. Okay. And then go back and go from the beginning. A bit like right, a, yeah, a yeah, prologue, yeah. but it's not a pro- it was never going to be a Jesus prologue because Christ. it's a proper scene. And in the end, I was like, you know what? This works so much better if I just go right from the second, the end of the last book ended. Mm-hmm. Um, because I introduced another character that's so significant that... I think readers will just be like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I then restructured it completely and I've put that chapter 60 odd percent of the way through the book. Yeah. I'm glad that our processes are quite different because otherwise this would have been quite a boring conversation. So yeah, it I do that. Have. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's uh, I, this, interesting. This, yeah, and this is why I love um, Rachel Heron's How Do You Write podcast mm. because I, you know I've never met two two writers with the same process and funnily enough I used to interview writers on my blog about their process because I was so fascinated by it and because I was always so frustrated that I didn't have a clear process and so like this is fucking momentous for me Dan like that's awesome yeah this has been like years in the making for me to be able to articulate my process and um this is a next level for my craft I'm telling you yeah I know I know I bet you anything I am able to write faster as a result of knowing this Mm. Okay, enough waffling. <laughs> How are we leveling up our businesses this week? Uh, I am, um, I don't know. I'm I know. launching a book, that's happening. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say resting. Whoa. It's not going to yes. happen. Yes. No, it but... is. It needs to. It needs to. Right. You, I think... I, I'm going to really push you right now and you're going to hate me. I think you need to commit to two days of not touching your computer in the next week. You can take those days whenever you want. <laughs> Look at you. You hate me so much right now. <laughs> you hate me so much and it's so good for you. You have no idea how good this is going to be for you. I think, I think you have to commit to that. <laughs> Oh wow, you hate me so much. So no, so 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 a big part of my hesitation is launch. Yeah. Um, Nobody I didn't tell you, I didn't say which days you had to take off. You just have to have two in a week. Dan, are you fucking listening to yourself? Two days off in a week. Everybody in the world has a weekend, Dan. Everybody. It's more that I'm trying to work out what I have to do over this week and when they would be. Okay, you sit and think whilst I tell everybody what I'm going to do okay. before you commit. 
Okay. Okay. So this week I am going to uh, do something that Dan told me to do offline, which is, <laughs> I literally love your face so much right now, um, which is to create a kind of action plan. Um, I need to be clearer with myself on all of the actions and all of the tasks that I need to do to get the Anatomy of Pros course finished. So <clears throat> I don't necessarily want to put a timeline on it, but I just need to know every single task that needs to be done. Um, and some kind of an action plan. And the other thing then will be to continue working on Trey. Cool. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, Daniel! <laughs> no, I'll, um, okay, I'll, I'll take tomorrow and Sunday off. Okay, amazing. I am so fucking proud of you right now. See, even in, even in my head, I'm going, I could use that to like get a notepad out and actually like plan what my next <laughs> few months are gonna be, because no. that would be useful. No. No, no, you have oh, to. Getting a hot flush. Screw you, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel but... so warm right now, and I know that's not a good sign. <laughs> Isn't it ridiculous that you're struggling mm. to to commit to take two days off in a week? Mm. We, we I, well, the thing is, I feel like, and you know, we I won't go massively into this, but like. I took quote yesterday off as a day off and then did not that day turned into <laughs> recording a podcast, going on a conference call for an hour with someone, uh, <laughs> designing someone's brand for a new YouTube channel, um, finishing off the edits on the book, uploading all of that to Kindle. That was a day off and genuinely a hundred percent, not even lying. That's probably about a 30% day for me. Yep. Like, um, yeah. And then today I've done, I, today was meant to be a day off and I've done bits and pieces as well. So. And that's why I'm saying you have to commit to this. And you do know if you don't do this, you will have a forfeit next week. Okay. Okay. You're going to be people accountable. people not on YouTube, I'm nodding. Yeah, he is. Reluctantly. Yeah. <laughs> Through gritted teeth <laughs> and fire from his ears. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that sets a weird tone for the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, all of a sudden it's very Can I tense. read? Can I read? Like, does this yeah, count? of course. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, reading cool. counts. Yeah, reading's good, allowed. Good. You're just Reads not allowed. <laughs> mm, I'm, mm, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, reading's allowed. Reading is allowed. But okay, you're just not fine. allowed to... Um... I'm going to come back just like next week. Like, I read 20 books. <laughs> I, <laughs> in your whole two whole days that you allowed yourself off. Uh, okay. Okay, audience question of the week. How do, do you, you write? write? Yeah. Yeah, be interested to see the comments on that. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested. I can't wait because I find this I I get really super geeky and excited to hear about how other people write. So I, I'm definitely starting to. I uh I'll be interested as well. People um, make sure you drop like links and resources for stuff that anything that you, you think is helpful for other people as well. Yeah, or oh, we should link drop um Rachel Heron's podcast. Yes, a hundred percent. And if you're listening, Rachel, hi. Yeah. <laughs> okay, until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become next level authors. everything.